associate we'll now be cognizant of one another we'll be a little more health conscious pertaining to germs and in that regard a little more paranoid also public safety will be of concern from schools to sporting events to senior citizen nursing and through all aspects of life the pandemic of our lifetime has caused and done this. Like the Sam Cooke song, a change is gonna come. Well, it already has. You know, people say change is good. Not always. And this change falls in line with God's prophetic word in Revelations chapter 13, verses 16 through 17. It says, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. I'm now seeing statements from prominent individuals who say the coming vaccines for COVID-19 will be of certainty certainty in the sense that all individuals must receive it or lose certain privileges or accesses to various facilities and to keep in mind that money is in the process of becoming completely digital in the very near future yes change is upon us and it's a change that will be uncomfortable for the serious christian but in jesus we are strong from the cradle to the grave with microchip implants that digitally store everything there is to know about them, including their finances and their ability to make transactions. That's why I tend to think that the microchip might be the mark of the beast. It says no one can buy or sell unless they have the mark. People all over the world are doing experimental microchipping, not to mention what's happening now with ID2020. We're also moving towards a cashless society with every day that passes. This pandemic is carrying multiple agendas forward. The push for centralized control of information, which is censorship and narrative control. 
the cashless agenda forming out of the economic crash taking place right now and the fear of passing germs through the use of physical money, martial law, quarantines, mandatory vaccination, and digital identification via microchipping. This situation is the biggest show of force and seizure of power that anyone alive today has ever seen in their lifetime. This is very serious. Life is not going back to normal ever again. It truly is the end of the world as we know it. We need to take a stand. Refuse forced vaccines. Destroy 5G technology any chance we get. And don't let them fill you up with fear. From what I gather, they lose in the end anyway. You know, I really hope that's true. And this life is only temporary, so don't be scared. Be strong and stand up for yourselves. I know one thing for sure. I'll die or be thrown in a FEMA camp, or worse, before going along with what they're doing right now. Maybe you should consider doing the same thing. This has been ODD. Never sleep again, my friends. Take care. So this is where the microchip implant story begins. You will be chipped. It's just a matter of time. A small firm recently embedded microchips in their employees as a way to bypass company badges and corporate logons and to get attention for their cafeteria kiosks, which are available on a cashless payment plan like Apple Pay. The latest office innovation is a microchip implanted in the skin and designed to replace the traditional keypad for opening doors, using the copier, and buying food in the cafeteria. Employees at a vending company are going from the assembly line to front of the path to get microchipped. Do you think this is the future? It is the future, and we look at this as uh, uh, being responsible. The implant, which has been FDA approved, is the size of a grain of rice and is injected under the skin between the thumb and index finger by a licensed piercer. I think it's the wave of the future that we'll all have implanted chips that have our medical records. So you would do it? Sure. Okay. Cool. You're carrying around a phone anyway. This is a microchipping party. Hannah's getting an electronic chip implanted into her hand. So congratulations, Hannah. Thank you. You've been chipped? Yes, I have. How does it feel? It feels good. I'm, I'm excited to see what I'll be able to do now. Can I touch it? Yeah, you can, you can feel it there. I feel like this is the future. The next big thing that's going to happen. A tiny microchip like this inserted just beneath the skin in their hands. This technology will one day change the way we live. But in the future, we will all be chipped. In Sweden, the microchips are already here. The microchip implants use the same technology that's in contactless credit cards, which have made cash pretty much obsolete in Sweden. No cash. Is a cashless society inevitable? How long will it take before we're cashless? Many countries are fast moving towards a cashless society. Between 2000 and 2015, non-cash payments in the U.S. grew by almost 400%. Venmo, the mobile app where people can pay each other on a smartphone, now processes $2 billion a month. This year, Apple added similar payment capabilities in iMessage, 
these free services are so popular, 30 major banks recently launched a competing product called Zelle. It would be better if we were more like Sweden, where cash has nearly been phased out. And the U.S. will get there, too, in another five or ten years. There's no question that cash, you know, is in its last era. China's cashless revolution has happened in just three years. In order to avoid the risk of transmission through physical handling of money, we encourage the use of cashless transactions such as mobile money, M-Pesa and otherwise, and credit cards. Well, health experts say the coronavirus can live on surfaces like cash for up to 10 days. That has many people worried about shopping and other everyday tasks. The standard narrative in society is that cashlessness, quote-unquote cashlessness, is a sort of organic process just percolating from the bottom up by ordinary individual people who are just sort of making these organic decisions to switch to this other thing, right? Um, now, this is pure, if you want to, like, this, this is a, a, a pure, to put it crudely, capitalist ideology, corporate capitalist ideology, where essentially you always want to focus attention on the small person in society, quote-unquote, the consumer, all right, the sort of like random person who wanders around in markets, who apparently controls what's going on in the world, all right? Of course, if you actually go and ask any person in society, how much agency do you believe that you had in the emergence of this technology, almost nobody believes they had anything to do with the emergence of the technology, all right? What actually happens is that large-scale institutions push the stuff onto you for various commercial reasons and various other reasons. Um, and the, the large-scale institutions love to disguise themselves and just never talk about themselves as if they're just not there, all right? So what, the story about the war on cash is a, is, a, is a bunch of us who are trying to say, actually, over the last few decades, a large-scale institutions, banks, payments companies, governments, have all been actively um, eroding the cash system to slowly make it more and more likely that you're going to, quote-unquote, choose uh, to go to the digital systems, okay? Now, you might believe that you're choosing this, um, but actually the whole environment has been structured in a way that makes you more and more likely to do it. The biblical entry point for any discussion of the one world economic system, a, a cashless society, an end time prophecy, is Revelation 13, 16 to 18. He causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. He provides that no one should be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. The Bible clearly links the global mark of the beast system with the emergence of a cashless society. One world government, a new global economy ruled by one man is coming. The banking overlord is coming. And he'll have a solution that everyone will indeed, quote, bow down to, end quote, and he's called Antichrist. And he will have his mark. He will do this for increased control of commerce. It will be perfect and complete control. His economic policy is very simple. Take my mark and worship me or stars. No mark, no merchandise. No seal, no sale. So if you want to function in this new economy under this coming world leader, you have to take the mark. Nearly 2,400 years ago in ancient Greece, Plato discussed the importance of population control.
Aristotle advocated the use of abortion and infanticide. In 1798, an essay on the principle of population was written by Thomas Malthus. He outlined the idea of positive checks, which are diseases, wars, disasters, famines, and genocides. Malthus believed that these things should be utilized to increase the death rate and believed that human misery was an absolute necessary consequence. In 1859, Charles Darwin published The Origin of Species. In it, Darwin only hinted at the implications of human populations, but his cousin, Sir Francis Galton, became obsessed with the idea. In 1883, Galton published Inquiries into Human Faculty and its Development, wherein he wrote that his intention is to touch on various topics more or less connected with that of the cultivation of race, or, as we might call it, with eugenic. The term comes from the Greek word eugenis, of noble birth. In the early 20th century, eugenics became an academic discipline in universities. Organizations were formed and funded to win public support. The Kaiser Wilhelm Institute and the Cold Spring Harbor Institute rejected the idea that all humans are born equal and began selling the idea of cultivating a new master race of noble bloodlines. Planned Parenthood was formed in America by racial eugenics advocate Margaret Sanger. President of IBM, Thomas J. Watson, established a special subsidiary in Poland called Watson Business Machines to assist in the Nazi invasion of Poland. This business continued throughout the war, and IBM managed the entire operation from their headquarters in New York. During the Nuremberg trials, the Nazis quoted U.S. Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes in their own defense. They claimed that their eugenics program was being run from the United States. The Nazis were rightly admonished for war crimes, but not Thomas Watson. He went on to create the IBM World Trade Corporation and passed IBM on to his son. His granddaughter ended up marrying Margaret Sanger's grandson. Bill Gates' father worked on the board for Planned Parenthood, and his mother worked on the corporate board for IBM, who Bill partnered with to create Microsoft. With no medical background, Bill Gates then went on to become the world's foremost pusher of vaccines and population control. Do you think this is all coincidence? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funds the WHO, the NIH, the CDC, and the UN. And now he is saying that until we get mass vaccinations, we might never be able to gather in groups. And which activities like mass gatherings uh, may be, in a certain sense, more optional. And so until you're widely vaccinated, those may not uh, come back uh, at all. The president's coronavirus response team are all pushing the Bill Gates vaccination agenda. Dr. Fauci is on the leadership council for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. In January of 2017, Anthony Fauci told a crowd at Georgetown University that there would be a surprise outbreak during the Trump presidency. 
There is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Deborah Burks is a board member for the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria, which was founded by the Gates Foundation and known for millions of dollars of fraudulent misuse of funds. In October of 2019, Bill Gates sponsored Event 201, a simulation that estimated 65 million people killed by coronavirus. In November of 2019, the Peerbright Institute, funded by Bill Gates, was granted European patent number EP317-2319B1 for a coronavirus vaccine that may be used to treat humans. Today, Dr. Fauci says the virus will keep coming back, and he says the ultimate game changer will be a new vaccine. In Australia, the prime minister is telling people the shutdown will last months, that it's the new normal, and that the only way out of your homes is to accept the vaccine. There is no proof that vaccines are the answer. In fact, the CDC admitted in federal court that it does not have studies to support the claim that vaccines do not cause autism. A top UN scientist admitted that vaccines are killing people. It is time to do some hard thinking. Will you allow your government to impose forced vaccinations? For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese. So the question is, are you in or out? Are you into a world that is against God? Or are you out and siding with Jesus Christ? Are you in with a world that is led by Satan? Or are you out and being a child of God? And being a follower of Jesus, it's up to you. Make the choice. Make it right.